Blog Talk Radio. Good morning out there in Blog Talk Radio land, our off-the-shelf listeners, on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. And and to those, Father's Day is coming, so I want to say happy Father's Day. And thank you to all the fathers out there and grandfathers and uncles who have a very positive and loving influence in people's lives. So really, really appreciate you. I know my dad raised five of us by himself and my mom passed. So there are very good fathers out here and, and really extend appreciation and, and thankfulness to them uh, this morning and all the time for what they do. So for those of you who are amongst our loyal, loyal listeners and been with us when we started over at uh, Rainbow Soul with Neil Blake, over at his radio, he plays that smooth jazz. And then over he, now here at Blog Talk Radio, uh, thank you for being with us for 12 years. And to those who might, just like I do sometimes, I also listen to online radio, uh, and I actually do quite often, you might just be popping by for the first time. I always like to introduce myself to our listeners. You are listening to the winning online book talk radio show off the shelf and I'm your host Denise Turney the author of the my latest book is love for over me which I encourage you to get a copy of especially if you value relationships and you like mystery and this the book is set in Ohio Tennessee and Philadelphia and it happens during a couple they meet in college but there's also a murder mystery t- tucked into the book. I think you will love Love Pour Over Me. It's about 300 pages. I would love for you to get a copy. It's an e-book in print, and let me know how you enjoyed the book. But we want to welcome you to today's uh, off, off the Shelf. It's June the 11th already. Oh, my goodness. And we have a wonderful author on deck for you today. But I wanted to start, and I started about, I'm going to say several shows ago, just depositing a positive word in your spirit and into your thoughts. And this one is from Nelson Mandela, and the quote for the day I'd like to leave with you is, it always seems impossible until it's done. It isn't, isn't that the way it is? It always seems impossible. People tell you what you can't do and you can't get it done, and it always seems impossible until somebody does it, until somebody does it. And hopefully whatever you're Whatever you aspire or in, or inspired to do, I hope you, you won't let somebody telling you it's impossible stop you. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today for this morning is Tim Marshall, and he is an author, an artist, spiritual counselor, and a teacher. And this Baltimore, Maryland native is also the author of the book, Joyful Now, Heal Yourself, Heal the World. I love that that title, Joyful Now. Doesn't that word, just that word, joy, it gives you energy, it gives you a lift. And you can check Tim out and learn more about him online at joyfulnowllc.com. It's spelled exactly the way it sounds, J O Y. F U L N O W L L C dot com. Again, that's Joyful Now L L C dot com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Tim. All right, thank you. And we have so many. So I have so many questions that I wanted to ask you and to our listeners. I haven't finished Tim's book, but he did gift me with a copy of his book um, th- that I started. And for those who 
of our listeners who uh, have read a lot of self-help books, so maybe you've read things by Anthony Robbins, Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, Marion Williamson, and I'm thinking, um, I always mispronounce her name, Iyana Van Zandt, and I think she comes on Oprah's station now, and uh, kudos to her. But along those lines, these are long, uh, similar to the material that Tim writes, but you have to do the work. We had another guest on recently. You have to do the work, and that's when you see the results. So it's a pleasure to have Tim here with us this morning. I hope that you are committed, as our listeners, to doing the work so you can get these great, great results and be joyful now. So before we launch into the day, today's questions, Tim, can you tell our listeners, this is something we do with all of our guests, if you could just tell our off-the-shelf listeners what life was like for you growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, if you have any siblings, and how did you see the world as a kid, if you could just give us some backstory on you. Certainly. Well, Baltimore City, I uh, I grew up Catholic, and I have uh, two sisters and one brother. Uh, my brother is now deceased. And, uh, well, it was a typical time, I guess. <laughs> I uh, loved life. I associated mostly with adults because I was extremely, you know, up there. I learned meditation when I was 10 years old and I've uh, been practicing it ever since. And it led me into speaking at venues and becoming a life coach. And that's what I do now is I'm a life coach. 10 years old. Okay, so I have to ask you, 10 years old, that's young. How did what What happened and I find when I when I read the backstory on people who get involved in self help, helping others, whether they go into the ministry or they start to try to learn and teach others how to quiet the mind and work with thoughts to create the life they want, they they tend to have suffered some type of trauma as a child. I I, I find that to be a common thing. Something something's happened to them. Not everybody, but a lot. But what? What do you think, if you had a guess, propelled you to start meditating at 10 years old? Actually, it's quite the opposite for me. I, um, although there were traumatic moments in my life, I don't think that they were a motivating factor. I grew up in a house that the whole neighborhood knew to be haunted. And a neighbor of mine meditated, and I was fascinated by it. And he was one of the most calm and easygoing people I had ever met in my life. And I spent a lot of time with his wife while he was in meditation, you know, talking about life, just, just learning new things. And on my 10th birthday, he gifted me with a book on transcendental meditation, which I devoured. I loved it, and I started practicing it immediately. And that's the story behind that. Oh, okay. Uh, you lived in a house that was haunted. I actually roommate with somebody in the Navy who was. And I said, okay, enough of those stories. Okay, so 10 years old, that's how old you were when you started on your on your spiritual journey. So when and why, Tim, did you sit down and write Joyful Now? Actually, it's a culmination of effects that happened there. I was teaching down in Florida at a lot of group things, and I had some masterminds going on. And the things I was teaching over and over again, people were telling me, you've got to write this down. You've got to write this down. I have helped people become entrepreneurs for years. 
And I was doing it for free for years and years. I've only just started charging for it. But there's been so many successes out of this work, and what I put into the book is pretty much what I was teaching for years. Now it has evolved, and what I do as a coach is well-evolved. But Joyful Now is the culmination of over 20 years of work, and it goes beyond that, but that's what I stick at is 20 years. And I have had so many requests to write the book that I finally broke down and did it, and I didn't realize how much I love writing. Because when I was doing that work, I got so into it that I would lose hours writing it. And even on the rewrite, I found that I liked that even more because I was polishing it. And it just felt so good to do this. Mm. Okay, so you help so many people become an entrepreneur. Your your answers are, are, are creating more questions in my mind, even though I have a, already have a, a long list of questions to ask you. But... Um, so did you have you ever owned a business? You helped others become entrepreneurs. Have you yourself owned a business? Why would somebody why would people or why did people seek you out to help them become an entrepreneur? Did you yourself have a business at the time and they just come up to you and ask you, How did you start your business? How did you start your bakery? Or how did you start your front? Is that the actually, way it actually, No, actually I'm only just beginning my business right now because oh. I'm taking training and I'm getting certified as a life coach. The thing is, is that there was down in Florida, there was a place where groups would meet for meditations and the one who was leading the meditations took very ill and I had a reputation already. So they invited me in to teach the meditation. Well, there were 29 people there and everybody had an experience that they couldn't explain. So the following week, they invited me again, and there were over 60 people in that room. And again, there was an experience that couldn't be explained. So I came, became very popular with that, and it branched out. I was asked to talk at little meetings at bookstores and stuff, and that's how it all began, where people were coming to me because people wanted me to bring people into their, their stores. And, when you say you know, I experience, oh, go ahead. No, well, the, the experience, I'll tell you the experience. What it was was I was leading everybody up to a spirit pond in the meditation. And when we reached the spirit pond, I told them, your loved ones are surrounding the spirit pond. So just accept what you get and just relate to who you love there because that's what, what it was all about, getting into a place of love. Well, everybody saw the sun come out of the spirit pond at once. I saw it myself, and I was leading the meditation. And it was magnificent. It was just like I was being filled up with light. The sun was filling my entire body. And I heard that from nearly everybody that was in that room. We all went to uh, Denny's after that. Well, a number of us did. And we all discussed it. And it was amazing. It was just amazing. I'd never, ever tried to do anything like that. And I found that I was an actor at it. To be able to connect with, you know, they say that we all are connected. <laughs> we we move yes. the blocks. That's why forgiveness, I'm told, is like a, a absolute. It's the key to love, because it's it's the interference. It's what blocks it. And a lot of times we think we've forgiven, but we haven't. I want to ask you next because you talk about this in Joyful Now. What what mm-hmm. is self love, Tim? And why is it important that we love ourselves? Before you answer, I have to 
this just popped into my head. We had a guest on. She she called in. I forget the country that she was calling in from, and she wrote a book to help women who are in their midlife. Their their uh, their children have left home. They their, their careers are changing, and that she finds in her work she found a lot of women struggle. When people trust you, then they start to tell you about their struggles. And she she found that a lot of women and in, in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, they were struggling to get through that the old life was gone and how to transition into the new one, and they were having uh, a lot of struggles. And she said one thing women learn, and it could come because we carried a baby in the womb and we have to carry for someone else while we're carrying our baby in the womb, we learn to put some others before us. And she said it could be part biological, and, of course, society teaches us that that's what a good woman does. She puts herself last. And then you struggle with this self-love. You just struggle with it. I, I don't know if men are taught to put themselves last. I suspect not. But, but can you tell us what is self-love? And for some people, like a woman who's maybe never done that and been taught, no, self-love is wrong. It's bad. You're not supposed to do that. But what is it? And why is it important that we love ourselves? All right. For one thing, all right, this might sound awkward, but being selfish is not as bad as what people think. Everybody is out for number one. I don't care what they're doing. They're out for number one. And self-love, when you recognize that you are the most precious possession you're ever going to have, you can give yourself even more to those that you love. You see, if you come from a place that you do not love yourself, it's hard to pass love on. So when you're tending to the child and putting them first, if you don't love yourself, are you giving them the greatest gift that they can get? That's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it all starts with the self. If you do not act for the self, you cannot help anybody else. It's just the nature of being human. And that's why it's so important for self-love is that if you do not love yourself, how can you love another? Ah, uh, yeah, and you and I have to tell you now, I I was raised by my father a man, so I was I was taught to 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 love myself and not put myself last. But I have talking to women that say that's a huge huge hurdle for women to get over. It's it's enormous uh for men not all but many women and I think I would say um maybe all women, particularly if you're a mother, struggle with that to some degree because you just learn from the time you take care of your infant in the womb this baby comes first. Can can you share uh, with us two to three signs that we are practicing self-love? Because we might think we're doing it and we might not be. What are some signs we can look for that we are actually practicing self-love? Well, taking time for yourself, okay, such as meditation time, is essential. It's just opening up to what you've got on the inside. As well... You you know the name Louis he, Louise Hay. Mm-hmm. I love what she says. She she's got things, and she says, "I love myself." If you say that out loud, feel what it does for you. You see, if you don't love who you are in this world, what you're saying is that you deny who you are in this world. 
it's a natural thing. It's not something you have to try to do. You just have to recognize that you are precious and that you are important in this world and that you are love in this world. Self-love is just a recognition for the truth that you are. You see, people get into this thing and they think, well, i got to do this and do that. It's not being outside of self-love. It's that you're spreading yourself thin. If you start with loving yourself first, you can spread yourself out without limitation. You see, when we pass, it's natural. We do this anyway, and you don't even have to think about it because it is what you are. On this world, we think we're separate, and that's not true, okay? We are love. So when I say self-love, it's just recognize that you are number one. If you don't recognize that you're number one, then what you're doing is you're denying others the beautiful gift that you are in this world because you are a beautiful gift to this world. Mm. So so meditating – and you say just recognizing what you are and then if you misunderstand what you are, you said spreading yourself too thin and I, I, instead of extending yourself. And I, I hear uh, people, again, they wore, wear themselves out doing things for others, but is that really self-love? That's why I asked you what are some signs because a lot of times we think we're doing it, but we're not. We're not doing it. Well, we think we are, that's a but sign we're not. That you aren't. But that is a true sign that you aren't. Okay, if you're wearing yourself out, it's because what you're doing is you're saying there's not enough of me to go around. The thing is, is that meditation is good because you center yourself, and when you practice it, you're practicing self-love. Okay, that's all meditation is. It's just I'm recognizing more about how I work in this world. But if you try to put everybody else before you, then you are going to wear yourself out because truly you are the gift and you've got to treat yourself as such. And that's how people become entrepreneurs, okay? It's that they know that they're a gift in this world and they've got something to give to the world that will uplift the world. And that's what being an entrepreneur means. That's why I mean is when I – that's why I'm – a life coach, is because I want people to recognize how truly awesome they are. And that mm. goes to everybody. Okay, so spreading yourself too thin, uh, even though you might be doing something that you think is positive, it could de- deal with self-worth. And then uh, we had a, a lady on, and she said the way she came out of a domestic violence marriage where her, her husband was a pastor, but he was abusive, she mm-hmm. asked herself, why do you think you're not worth more? And that's how she started to come out and leave that relationship. It, it may all go back to what do you think you are? How <laughs> do you see yourself? Mm-hmm. It, could, it could literally create every experience that we have. But So that leads me to my next question, Tim. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're somebody and someone you you love, you're close to, you find you you get a phone call that they were in an accident and they didn't make it or they're no longer in this physical realm and that's it's a sudden thing and you got to swallow it or you you just bought a house and your employer had been telling you how good everything was and 
you're three months in to having bought a house, and I know somebody who this actually happened to, and now you're getting laid off. These types of things, when they happen, you don't even see them coming. Is it really true? I just gave two examples. Then I'm asking you this question. Is it really true mm-hmm. that external events, that they don't influence how we feel? And I've, I've, I've heard time and again, including in like a, a Course in Miracles, in the scriptures, is the way you think it keeps saying you have to renew your mind. Is it really true, though, that these external events, and for some reason Job just popped into my mind, that they don't influence how we feel. We just think they do, that it's all inside work. And I can hear, see listeners going, no, 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 that's not true. <laughs> is, it, is it possible to have peace and joy regardless of what is happening on the outside? Is, it, is that really we have- possible? We have to go back to self-love. If you believe in yourself, all right, and you believe that you have a gift and that you are a gift to this world, all right, you've heard of the law of attraction. What you believe is yours becomes yours. So if you think that losing that house is who you are, of course it's going to hurt. Of, of course it's going to – because that's how you're taught, Okay. But now if you take that same event and you think, I can't wait to see what good comes out of this, and you're sincere about it, then things happen, just like me coaching people. What's really crazy about the whole situation is, is once they pay the amount of money that they pay for the coaching, they've taken that step. Now they're committed to themselves. And the work starts at that moment, okay? And it's all psychology. We can let the psychology bring us down and hold us down for years if we want to. And it's our choice. And I got to I got to say that out loud. It is our choice to suffer. We are not built here to suffer. We are built here to uplift the rest of the world and to be the very most we can be so that others see the light and they can climb to that light as well. It's it's a, a matter of psychology. It really is. Let me ask you this, Tim, before I wanted to ask you uh, uh, the road you took to applying what you now teach, uh, which you've already shared some of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about listeners who, but they're still saying, I'm not so sure. And you can hear people say, and I've heard people in worship centers say, you know, no matter what happened, like to the Christ, he never became depressed or anything. And they're like, well, he was never married. He didn't have any kids. And you keep saying, we keep believing, well, this person didn't have the experiences. That's why I was saying before to how you how to get through to people who keep saying, nah, nah, that's not true, Tim. I hear what you're saying, but you haven't been through what I've been through. <laughs> No, people who will keep saying it. I bet you if you had gone through that, you wouldn't be saying that what you're saying. Okay. Uh, how, 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 when you say it's up to you, we have experiences in this world that people just assume you're supposed to get sad behind. A, a parent exits their body. 
a, a, a spouse, you're supposed, this is, you lose your job, you're supposed to feel down. We we literally have experiences that people think it's just normal. You're supposed to feel hopeless right now. You're supposed to be angry. You're su- <laughs> and now you're saying you could choose to actually okay. still be joyful. Let me, let me tell you this. <laughs> let me tell you this. And I lost my fiance in 1992. She passed away. We never got married, and she was the absolute love of my life. And I let myself sink down low for an entire year. And that's what began my journey to where I am now. Now, should I have kept down low the entire time? Well, a year, you know what? I felt that that was appropriate. And I was at a bad place at the end of that year. It was either I was going to end it or I was going to begin it. Mm. And that's where I say there was a choice, okay? Yes, of course. If you've got something that you feel like, you know what, this has damaged my soul, this has hurt me badly, yeah, it's, grieving is not a bad thing because we've got to do this for the loss that we took. Absolutely. But... Are you going to let this destroy who you are, or are you going to let this build upon who you are? That's the choice. And we do have choice in this. We can sink down low, and believe me, people suicide all over the place because they take that choice. Yeah. But the thing is, it's again, we have the choice, and it all goes back to the same thing, self-love. If we love who we are and we love where we are and what we're doing with this world, we live fully. If we commiserate and we think, I'm going to suffer all my life, well, guess what? The law of attraction will answer that and you will suffer all your life. Yeah. And 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 it's just the law of attraction. I'm sorry. Personally, I don't believe in death. So it's like... If you do commit suicide, you just ended your physical experience. I don't think you are gone. And that's, you. I, I agree with that. So it's it's I agree. either way. You, I, I would make a different choice and keep working. I think sometimes we just feel like it, there. I heard a, a speaker say, "Promise me that even if you fail ten times at what I'm going to suggest you do, that you'll try it again." It's when we keep failing that we're like, well, you know, this is just the way it's going to go, and it, it can it can be tough. But you said that, and it's so true. We do have the choice. We do have the choice. Tim, why do you think? Um, before we go into the topics in joyful now, why do you? Why do we keep hearing the same messages? We just keep hearing them from from prophets, Christ, Buddha, Erto, who talks about the power of now. But we, we, we're not living what the message says. You can turn on TV and see we're not. Why is it so difficult it. for us? We keep reading it and hearing these we thousands of years. Why is it so difficult for us to be fully present and to always appreciate and to know that we're only loved? By love itself, the only real power. Why is that so hard for us? Okay, I just gave a talk at a church a couple weeks ago called The Stories We Tell. When we are about six years old, the world becomes a very scary place because it's so huge and we're so helpless. 
And so the storyteller comes out. And psychology says about six years old, it locks us in. And it becomes a personality trait. But we have an education system that really does not teach us to succeed. It teaches us how to follow a format and how to be like the next person, okay, to follow this. But it's all building on that story. So when you look at it closely, what it is, is the story that you tell about your life is what you call your life, and it's not true. The story that you tell is your fiction, how you've seen the world, and you have rewritten it over and over and over again. And the thing is, people will think that they are the victim of their own story, not realizing they're the writers of it. Wow. Okay. okay, and the thing is, it's all just the story. When you, you swat a fly, do you think that fly ends right there? It just keeps on flying. There is really no mm. death. There is a transition between here to the next. Mm. You came here on purpose. What I suggest is that you live on purpose. Yes. If you can yes. live and see life as a joy, guess what? Life is a joy. Wow. And, again, it goes back to it is a choice. If you just follow the world's way, or some say the ego and the scriptures, the flesh, you're going to end up pretty much average. <laughs> you're going to have to make a different choice just like Christ did, and you're going to have to make a different choice to live a different life. If not, you, you, you're just going to live a life that's already been lived millions of times. Can you introduce us? Um, I almost called you Eckhart Tolle. Can you introduce us <laughs> to some of the topics um, that you cover in Joyful Now? Where would you like me to begin? Uh, if you could just, any of the topics, you can start at the beginning. What are some of the topics that you cover okay. in the book for now? My favorite, my favorite one is the one that I coach on, living out your passion. When people discover what they came here to bring into this world and they really open up to it, people go nuts for it. When you're living out your passion, you have got something that will sell by the millions because you are living fully and people recognize it and they want some of it. And that's the chapter on living out your passion. It, what I did was I put a questionnaire in there, and I'm actually improving that questionnaire. And I'll put it on my blog when I have it completely done to actually find your living passion. Now, this is like your, your life purpose. But one thing that I will warn you on is that there is no ceiling. When you're living out your passion, it doesn't mean that you can't grow and evolve from there because there is no end game. The higher you go, the higher you'll see. And you can keep on going and going. There is no end. So you can grow and grow and grow. And if you think that you've reached the maximum that you can possibly do, well, just look closer because you'll see another level up. Mm. And that's living at your passion. And that's one of the later chapters. Mm. I have a chapter in there that might confuse folks on stress. And why I added the stress into the, the book is because people are living constantly in stress. Yeah. And if you, recognize, if you recognize it, you can actually counter this and use it to your benefit. The stress is oh. not the enemy, just it's not the enemy. 
Give us one. Somebody's feeling stressed, Tim. How can they, one way, how can they use it to their benefit? Just one, how do you turn stress into your benefit? Okay, well, if you are, it's, it's a mindset. It really is. A lot of the things and the innovations that come out in this world came from a new stress. Do you get that? When somebody is in stress, it means a situation is uncomfortable or a situation is they're not handling it as well as they could handle it. So that's where invention comes from. That's where ideas come from. Okay, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So people think that failing is a problem. No. If you don't fail, you'll never succeed. You can look at Thomas Edison. 1,014 tries, and they weren't failures. He got it right after that many tries because he found out what didn't work. That's the kind of attitude people need to get into. People think that risk is bad. No, risk is not bad. Risk is how you make money. And if you really learn how to mitigate your risk, you can live vicariously and thrive in this world. And in today's age, you know what, I believe that it's so vital that we learn this lesson because things are not the same as they were 20 years ago and we need to do for ourselves because things are not being done for us anymore. No, oh no. You can say that again. And I think, I think the millennials get it, although they say they, they're staying at home with their parents longer than other generations. But I, the Industrial Revolution and going into a factory or – having your employer take care of you as long as you're diligent and show up for work, yeah, those days are pretty much gone bye-bye. You can be a top performer and be told, thank you, you can go now. (laughs) (laughs) And do you know when that ended? The industrial age? The industrial age Uh, ended the moment that the Berlin Wall came down. uh, Now we're in the information age, okay? And mm -hmm. guess what all the retirement funds went to? They went into information, whereas you're, you're in control. You put it in, your employer puts it in, that's now your retirement. And if that's where you want to be, okay, well, that's where you're going to be, and we're living longer. So hopefully that money lasts you your entire life. Right, right, right. You have to look at it I, differently now. Right. Tim, I have to ask you now, you said meditation, and then I want to talk about more about how Joyful Now is written for our listeners who may not have seen the book uh, yet, um, I believe each of us has an inner guide. But a lot of times, we you, you mentioned stress, we can go through life and never g- get any inner guidance. I'm told some people never once hear from their higher self, their, their authentic self, not one time. And so... It, I can see where if somebody's living like that and you tell them living the present, it's all about choice, and they're like, yeah, but all my choices have been bad. <laughs> I can see. I, I'm trying to also see through the other person's eyes where they're like, mm-hmm. I've done all that, and it didn't work for me. So those are listeners as well who might think, I've done all that. And, and, and it, how do you tap in to hear from your higher self and know it was your higher self and not your ego, because the ego can talk to you, too. Okay, well, for one thing, leave the ego aside, all right, because the ego should be taught 
treated with gentle, loving care. And that's one of the ways that you can get the inner guidance is instead of berating the ego, go back to that six-year-old and instead of coddling it and saying, oh, I'm going to keep you safe, thank it. Thank you for the gifts you've given me. Thank you for all of this because it's magnificent. And then watch your ego go straight to the heart. All right? That right there, you have been getting inner guidance for your entire life. If you think you can work out of God and not do God's will, guess what? You are God's will. You are God's will, and you're receiving guidance every moment of every day. And what do you do? You say, no, I won't do that. (laughs) And this isn't right. This is not the higher will. We trick ourselves into believing that we are not who we are. And we do it to fit in. We do it to satisfy our mates. We do it in a lot of different ways because we feel like this is the way to live. Well, if you decide to expand and you believe in who you are and you just let it be what it is, and then you say, hey, I understand that it's not my will but thine, and let thy will be done. It's already there. You have no choice in that matter. You are God's will, so live it. Life is for living, okay? If you think that it's for anything else, well, you're missing the beat. But how can a person know for sure? Is there any way of knowing? Like you, you, when you talked about your meditation and the, and the, the mm-hmm. crowds just kept building. Well, yeah, they had an mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So is there any well, way of knowing? Okay, that, the thing okay, is, is, is come that from? do not seek the experience. Seek the silence. Go into meditation, spend five, ten minutes in meditation, and if you can't spend that much, build into it. But go into the silence. Don't use any music. Just be totally isolated from everybody and quiet your mind down. Anything that comes into your mind is not a disturbance. It's divine guidance. And if you listen to it, it's going to give you what you need. And that's the, the best way is to find silence because that's where guidance could be heard is in the silence. You see, it's always there, but there's so much other noise out there, and the story is always, always present. If you can become the witness of your story instead of the victim of your story, inner guidance is easy to reach because the story is a fiction that you're carrying around and that you're editing continuously And it's your choice to do so. So you are the witness. You are the writer. It is not your reality. It's what you call your reality, and it's not true. So to our listeners, we are interviewing Tim Marshall, and he's the author of Joyful Now, Heal Yourself, Heal the World. What format for our listeners who haven't seen? I've seen the book, but for our listeners... What format is Joyful Now written in, Tim? So you you do, like if you, a lot of people go to a bookstore, they get a self-help book. Uh, there are exercises often in the book. Mm-hmm. Or so mm-hmm. one guest we had on, she used, she also has YouTube videos that she said you can use to, to guide you along with the meditation. And, and, they're, and they're free, but that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. And like I said at the start of the interview, I told her, I said, you know, but you have to do the work. And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I forget if it was a Les Brown or somebody said, 
how many people will say, I got your book and that didn't work. And then he asks, well, did you read all of it? They might have only read the first two chapters. Did you do the exercises? No. So you have to you have to do the work. So that said, what format is Joyful Now written in, and are there exercises included in the book for the reader to complete? <laughs> Actually, the entire book is nothing but. Every single chapter has an exercise in it that – you don't need to do them all, no, by no means. If one of them resonates and it works for you, phenomenal. You've got somewhere with it. I have several friends here who are doing the work chapter by chapter, and it's changing their lives, okay? But they are disciplined to do that work. It doesn't require that. I've been teaching all these things, and I've been teaching them individually all over the place. And I've also had groups that wanted to get more, so I taught them like they're written in the book. But the book is really a workbook to help you find your joy. It's to help you to open up to your inner joy. Once you get there, even your inner guidance becomes very easy to recognize. So that leads me to another question uh, before I talk mm-hmm. about your blog and the process you use to write your book. Um, you just talked about, you know, the, the joy. It's it's always there, and that's what I think a lot of uh, people struggle with. They feel like something from outside of them has got to come in. And it whether it's a, a material thing, whether it's a relationship, they don't realize that it's what's within that's actually creating <laughs> It's almost like I need something from without to come in and give me joy. People get the um, the process confused. They get the process confused. So, so two questions. Number one, do you do you discuss in more detail the process that it's not the external event? And I touched on it earlier during the, the show. It's not the external event that's actually creating the emotions that you're feeling. It's the it's something internal how you're using your mind that's creating it. It's not the external event. It's hard for folks to get that. Do you go into the detail about that in, in Joyful Now? In subtle ways, yes, in several places. But let me say this. If you don't have gratitude and you don't have happiness in your life, that item that you're desiring is it's hunting spirituality. You'll never get it with items that you want. But now if you go in with gratitude with what you already have and then know what you want and realize I can be happy now, it'll come that much faster. Ah. You see, we do not get satisfied by things. We choose to be happy or we choose to be in a world of lack and a world of limitation. It's a choice. And guess what? If you believe that you're in a world of lack, guess what the universe gives you? Right. A world of lack. Okay? But if you go in and you say, man, thank you. I don't care if you have nothing in this world. If you have a paper clip and that's all you got to your name, look at the magnificence of what you've got in your hand and be grateful for that in the moment, and the world will start unfolding on you because the world's going to give you things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. So, and I've heard that before gratitude or appreciation and uh, attitude. They, people say it is. Everything. I, I just, it is my hope and I'm my trust that there is somebody who's going to listen to this show either live today or in the archives 
and it's going to change their life. That's why I keep asking these things, trying to remember how I used to use my mind and how I talk talk to people and how they use their minds, and they're like, they just, they feel like something from without has got to change, and if somebody could just get it. Uh, what, how, it, what is, so you t- you talked about gratitude, and the example you gave with just a paper clip was a very good example. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other ways that a person, the joy is already there. It's the joy yes. is already there. Is there a, mm-hmm. are there other ways that we talked about spreading yourself too thin, putting mm-hmm. others in front of yourself and practicing self-love, mm-hmm. stillness? Are there other ways we can block so the joy is already there and we are completely unaware of it? Are there any other things that could block that awareness that it's we, – we just don't believe it. Somebody could be listening right now going, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> well, the thing is, is start with your definition of selfishness. You think that selfishness is a negative thing. You need to live very, very selfishly and treat yourself like the royalty that you are. Now, this is not to say to be stingy to other people, and this is not to say to ignore other people, but if you don't treat number one as number one, nobody else will treat you that way either. But if you can live selfishly and give yourself freely from that point right there, you are going to be magnificent. The joy is going to naturally flow from you. It's, it, there's no choice in it. Once you're there, it's there. We're taught that selfishness is bad. You've got to give yourself. You've got to give yourself. Well, you know what? It's backwards. Selfishness is not a bad thing because you were born to this world to be number one. You are number one in your own world. Act like it. And without, because we're all connected, without injury, try to, to get, uh, you don't want to step on other people. Because then it's coming from the wrong place. And because we are exactly. all connected, you you're going to get back what you give to others. You give people peace, you're going to get more of that back. You give people love, you're going to get more of that back. You give people injury, guess what? And it might take a little while for some of that stuff to swing back around, but it's coming back your way. What process did you use, Tim, to write Joyful Now for for our listeners who are themselves, they want to write a book or in process of writing a book? What process did you use to write Joyful Now? Did you use an outline? Some people just sit down and let the writing flow. What was your process as you created Joyful Now? Okay, we're going to get a little deep here. <laughs> I am, um, for one thing, everything was written by hand. And I would go to places where I could get completely relaxed and let it flow. And there were other things that were actually what I will call channeled, to where I was getting stuck and I asked for divine guidance and I would open my eyes and see what I'd written for the first time. Okay, so there was a lot of different ways that went into it, but the finest way that I know to write, and my own style, is I write everything by hand first, and I will have notebook upon notebook filled out. And when I wow. type it for the first time, that is my first edit. And that's where the fun ah. begins because it's rough on the, the page, but it's what I wanted to say because I was relaxed when I did it. And now when I'm purposely typing it, I am reading it and then shaping it to where I want the reader to get it. 
But did you use an outline? Did you say, I'm going to start out focusing on booms? I'm going to start out like no, self-love. No, no, actually, I, I knew what I wanted to add to it, and I knew that I wanted to put passion near the end because that was the, the biggest, juiciest thing in the book. Okay, everything has got great purpose, but no, each chapter is organic, and it can stand all by itself. Every single chapter was written as that chapter. So I would go and, just for example, I would go to the spa. I take my lady friend to the spa, and I will get totally relaxed, and then I am in that new chapter, and that's all I'm going to do. And even when I leave the place, we'll go to a park or something, I won't stop that day until that chapter is finished because it is flowing through me, and it's so juicy at that moment that I am just on fire to get this thing on paper. It took me three years to write that book, by the way. (laughs) How long did it take you? Three years. Okay. And then you had to type it. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that, yeah, if you look at the whole thing, it took probably about seven years, all told. All told, but to actually write it and to have it out originally, it took me three years to write it by hand. Oh my goodness! Now, do you also mm-hmm. do public speaking? You said you you it's it. This all started like with your coaching business, which you're just beginning mm-hmm. to launch. It started mm-hmm. with you helping other people coming up to you. So, do you do public speaking? I know you said you spoke at a church recently, but do you do a a, a lot of public speaking? And if so, what type of events? Uh, do do you speak at? It's particularly if somebody Actually, was interested in having you. I uh, spoke at a church in D.C. on alternative healing techniques, and I'm invited to small things, but I have not done real major things. But I intend to. I'm a very easy public speaker. Very easy. Okay, okay, okay. But it sounds like you do a lot of group work. Like when you were talking about your meditations, is that like? It's, and I know your your, your life it's, it's evolved into the life coaching, but is that what what you started with, like the group meditation work? Yeah, actually, the group meditation work. I I did a lot of classes where people were coming in to learn techniques. I still do those on occasion here locally, but uh, the group work it's always been great because when more people get together, well, the potential in the room grows. So I've had really great experiences with that. Okay. Why did you start your blog, Tim, and what has that experience been like, uh, blogging for you? Actually, that was started by my publisher, and I'm just adding to it. I'm actually trying to develop that even better. I want to rewrite it all together to make it more attractive to folks because I've got a lot of juicy stuff in there, and Mm -hmm. I'm not getting a lot of visitation. And the reason being is it's boring. Okay, the format of it doesn't attract me, so why should it attract somebody else? Mm-hmm. So I am in, the, I am tr- researching this, and I'm trying my best to get that out there. To whereas, when somebody goes on there, it's going to not only attract the eye, but it's going to give them a benefit. Now the benefit's already there. Okay, if you go into right. the blog, you're going to you're going to read some really juicy stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just not attractive to the eye. So people get on that main page and they don't go any further because it's boring. Or maybe um, I've heard people say, and it's funny, sometimes you have to have a lot of people come to your site. My site, when I was working at Merrill Lynch, they they spotlighted my website. And how many people emailed me and said, 
I want to get a copy of your book, but I don't see where to go to get a copy. I would, sometimes <laughs> to, to the person, it's laid out very simple, and you know just where to go. But somebody else, when I kept hearing several people say it, it was they said the layout was confusing. So some and a lot of people, if in a matter of a second, if they want to find something, they don't can't find it. They're just off. They go to the next thing. And so, because mm-hmm. there's so much on the internet, is it maybe people who don't know you, don't know what you do. You have 20 or 30 people. Can you go on there and let me know questions to how how easy was it to find different things? And they might say, you know what, I had to really click around to find that. Even though the you is simple, and that was one thing I dealt with with, with my website. I, I was surprised how many people came to me and said, I can't even find out where to go to order your book. I was blown <laughs> away because I thought it was right there, right in front of your face. So that blew me away. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you next, uh, Tim, because we're coming down to our last few minutes. Who have been right. – you've been a teacher for so many, and I'm told that we all are students and teachers. We all learn from each mm-hmm. other. Um, who have been some of your greatest teachers so far, people who gave you your big aha moments? Oh, my. There's so many. And they're still coming. Okay, this is not a never-ending thing. I had a teacher down in Florida who taught me about energy and uh, doing energy work, and she was magnificent. Another thing that has taught me is I naturally, because I grew up in a haunted house, I've helped people with hauntings for most of my adult life. And that has taught me more than anything on this earth could possibly teach me about the world. Mm. But I have had, I have had so many wonderful teachers and now i i'm studying under several people right now and uh joe vitale i love joe vitale he's magnificent okay Okay. um uh christian michelson is who i'm actually becoming a certified coach with okay but it's it's totally endless i mean i'm seeking out new things to learn all the time and i'm continuously growing and that's part of the joyful process because if you stop growing mm. you know what it's it hurts you it doesn't help you no you know and joe vitale for our listeners uh i don't i'm not super familiar with his his story um but i know he used to be homeless and he was for years mm-hmm. and he said one day he just decided he didn't want to live that way anymore and i i've heard people who've been in some Spots that you would think they could never come out of, and you ask them, "How did you?" And I'm I'm talking about serious forms of mental illness. To they've been institutionalized, and you you see them today, and you're like, "How did you?" Oh my God! You're like, "How did you change?" And they say, "I got t- I just got tired of living that way." And it it, it, it astounding. <laughs> you look at what. It's just mind-boggling. And you're like, you mean to tell me, you said at the start of the show, you simply made a choice and Mm -hmm. everything started to change? I mean, they did work. They said, you know, I did years of work, don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. they simply made a choice that I don't want to live this way anymore. And then everything just started to open up, which I find fascinating. That's the way it works. Yeah, and it's. I'm talking about people with serious, serious forms mm-hmm. of clinical mental illness and you it is it boggles the mind <laughs> it's like oh my god it's like miracles you read about in the bible and you're like 
You mean to tell me once you got ready, this the whole thing just shifted? It, 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 it is, it's mind-blowing, really, it is. Um, well, every great teacher you know, out there, every great teacher thought, has said the same thing. Every great teacher, yeah. Jesus, Buddha, everybody has seen, said the exact same thing. This is not new stuff. Yes. This is not new stuff. But, now I, I, we we're coming down to like just four minutes. I want and I try to get get our listeners as much as I can that'll benefit them through the questions mm-hmm. and the answers. How can somebody with a busy schedule, and maybe they're working sixty, seventy hours a week, how can someone mm-hmm. with a busy, I mean, a jammed up schedule, how can they practice mindfulness and stillness, Tim? Well, it, you'll have to do it in small doses. You see, if you're really, really busy, the time to really practice mindfulness is when you realize the stress is overcoming you. When you realize that, back off, walk somewhere where it's not affecting you, and just quietly go inside and see how it's affecting your insides. See how your heart's going. See how your breathing's going. And in doing that, just for two or three minutes, you'll find that you can not only calm yourself down, but you can center yourself, go back to the situation, and you'll find that the stress is not affecting you that way anymore. So you can get small doses. And once you start doing that, you'll actually probably start desiring to take more quality time for yourself. And it will ah. uh, it'll actually grow that way. Can you tell us in closing what types of counseling do you offer? How can people contact you to get your counseling? And where can people get copies of your books? Actually, the copies of my book can be bought off the blog. It can, Amazon, anywhere you look. It's it's not being mass produced in the bookstores yet because there's not a lot of demand for it as yet. And I'm hoping okay. to change that. But that's but yeah, it's it's very easy to order online and if you just type in Joyful Now, it will bring the book up everywhere. Okay. It'll bring the book up everywhere. And what and type as far of as my Okay, well I do coaching and it's life coaching. I have not put this out in the world yet. I'm still in the works of getting my certificate. And I will announce that on my Facebook page, on my, uh, on my Twitter account, and on my blog. I will announce that all over the place. And then at that point right there, I will be available for anybody and everybody who wishes to have my services. Okay. And are there plans, uh, Tim, to write another book? Actually, I'm writing it. And okay. it's on... It's on how I actually grew to where I'm at now from the beginning. Okay, and that one's going to be called <laughs> Secrets, Passageways into the Unknown. Yeah, and it's going to be a little always... bit ghostly. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you told us you grew up, yeah, in a haunted house. Yeah, uh, I always exactly. and that's wonder about how people, how people got to where they are. Um, that's something that I've always been curious about, so... I'm sure a lot of readers will enjoy that when that, when that comes out. And to our listeners here at Off the Shelf, uh, you can learn more about Tim Marshall, today's guest, who is an author, artist, spiritual counselor, and a teacher, and also the author of the book Joyful Now, Heal Yourself, Heal the World. You can learn more about him online at joyfulnowllc.com. Again, that's J-O-Y-F-U-L-N-O-W-L-L-C.com, joyfulnowllc.com. And we thank Tim for being here with us and encourage you to go out and get a copy of his latest book. He is working on another one about his journey so far, but the book that's out now is Joyful Now again, Joyful Now by Tim Marshall. 
and that's spelled M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, Tim Marshall, author of Joyful Now, Who Yourself, Heal the World. You can bookmark his site, JoyfulNowLLC.com, and keep up with his blog, find out when his new book's coming out, when he starts his life coach services, so you can take advantage and benefit from his services. We thank you for being here with us today on Off the Shelf. Please come back next Saturday when we will bring you another phenomenal guest. You know, we focus in the literary world and people who have written books that have just blessed our our listeners for 12 years now. So please tell everybody, tune in to Off the Shelf, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City Time. 11 a.m. Saturday mornings. Come back. We'll see you next Saturday. Remember, you're awesome. You are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. And, Tim, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now.